There's me. There's me. There's smoke. Oh, you're so. There we go. Look at there. Look at there. Look at there. <laughs> we figured it out. Dude, my computer shut down literally right. in the middle of the intro. So that was cool. Uh, but here we are. Things are good. Things are great. They're because they're working for now. So what's up? It's 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 Wednesday. Wild and wacky Wednesday, and, and right out, right out the gate. There you go. I, I mean, I really don't Enough know. Said. I don't know what else you need to know. It's wild and wacky Wednesday. I'm Chris Yao. He's Maurice Patton. There, it's got a good show for. Him. And we're here. <laughs> Surprisingly enough, sometimes it is surprising. Yeah. But yeah, excited to be here. We've got a great show. A lot of racing. We're gonna go round and round today. A lot of left turns, huh? A lot of left turns into each other, probably. But yeah, Heather Williams will join us at 2.40 today. I know that, you know, obviously it's typically 2.20, 2.25, but it's all right. Hey, sometimes duty calls. So he, hate when work gets in the way of a good time. Audibles and whatnot have to be made, and, and we've done it. So we'll we'll hear from Heather at... That time at 2.40, we'll also talk to Terry McCormick at 3 o'clock. He's got plenty to talk about, I'm sure, as we've some non-news, some news that isn't news because, you know, Brable didn't exactly say, but, you know, uh, this, this anyway, we'll talk about the Titans. Some dot connecting, maybe. I, I mean, he said that. If Tannehill can't play, then Will Levis will start. Well, I mean, anybody with a brain knows that Ryan Tannehill is not going to play. And there's no way you could put him out there on, you know, half a leg. So, whatever. I mean, if 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 Rabel wants to play the game, he can play it. But I mean, insulting Our the intelligence. intelligence of, you know, anybody with a brain. Is such peak Vrabel that I, anyway, mm -hmm. if you can't tell, Mike Vrabel's losing me. Yeah, it, it seems as if the tension is starting to build. And I guess 
when you've lost 11 of your last 13, that would do that. Yeah. Well, so uh, it's, again, I think he's a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a lot with a little. I, yeah, I think he's done. I mean, I think he's done about all he can do with what he has to do with. And that's probably frustrating to him, but that doesn't mean you get to take it out on local media. That's it. It's just like when, if I have a frustrating day at work, I don't go home and take it out on my kids and wife. I'll go yell at them for nothing, something they didn't do. How was your day? You know, I mean, <laughs> it, not their fault. It's not our fault either. So stop being a jerk, dude. Anyway. <laughs> we'll have more on that. Yes, we will. And we'll talk with... Williamson County native, Page graduate, Jackson Boone, who will be participating in the All-American 400. The big old race down at the fairgrounds next week, I believe, is when that takes place. So all of that coming your way here in moments. But first, we have Mo yesterday's results and today's schedule on the rundown. This is the rundown. Major League Baseball action on Wednesday, the National League Championship Series game seven. And the series went to the visiting Arizona Diamondbacks with a 4-2 victory over the Philadelphia Phillies. So it's the Texas Rangers and the Arizona Diamondbacks in the upcoming World Series, and the Phillies can hashtag come sit with us. In college football action from last night, it was New Mexico State over Louisiana Tech, 27-24 in hashtag weekday CUSA action. Also, Liberty, have they pretty well nailed down a spot? They have. They, they in the Cusa Championship This right game? here, um, it, it did not pretty much. It did. They, okay. They are now playing for home field advantage in the championship. Following a 42-29 win over Western Kentucky. In National Hockey League action, it was Vancouver with a 3-2 win over the host Predators. And in the NBA, opening night, the defending NBA champion Denver Nuggets with a 119-107 win over the Lakers. And the revamped Phoenix Suns with a 108-104 win over Golden State. Also, before we get to the girls' soccer schedule for today, in progress right now, Signal Mountain and Hume Fogg are tied at one at halftime. Open leads Ravenwood 1-0 about five minutes into the second half. No? Okay. It was 75-08 in the second half, Ravenwood 2, Oakland 1. Oh, my bad. I needed to update. And Signal Mountain leads Hume Fog 4-3 with about just under eight minutes remaining. Also, Merrill Hyde leads Madison, uh, Madison Academic 2 to nothing, 10 minutes into the second half. There we go. Go ahead. Girls soccer this evening. Station camp in Franklin County at 6.30. Also at 6.30, Lakeland Prep and Liberty Creek. Lakeland Prep, where is that? Seven minutes. Is that new? Okay, because I was like, I've never heard of this. What, who are you? 
charter school. I okay. Well, I was like, I, wow. <laughs> All right. Lakeland Prep in Liberty Creek and then Franklin and Walker Valley. Tomorrow morning, before we go on the air, Ensworth and Harpeth Hall will play. Again, all of those are at Siegel, Richard Siegel Soccer Complex in Murfreesboro. NBA action tonight. Grizzlies open their season on Valley Sports South at 7 o'clock with a tip-off against the Pelicans. College football tonight. Jacks State must-see TV down at Florida International taking on the Sun Blazers. At 6 o'clock on CBS Sports Network where FIU will be wearing special uniforms. Let's say Sunblazers across the Sunblazers. Not Panthers tonight. Okay. No Panthers to be had for Mike McIntyre and the, and the crew. So. Also, Texas El Paso. The Miners are at Sam Houston as the Bearcats with a K try to get on the board with a 7 p.m. kick on ESPN2. And that, folks, is your rundown. Top story, as always, brought to you by our friends at Piggly Wiggly, Neely's Most Shopping Center in Columbia. Make sure to go see the fine folks over there if you're looking for lunch. They've got great meat and vegetable specials in the deli. They've also got fresh hand-cut meats and produce, all cost plus 10 at the register. So make sure to go see them. And first, before we get into the story story, Mo, we have the Tennessee Sports Riders Association's Players of the Week. We do indeed. Um, starting on the gridiron, Maribel sophomore quarterback Bryson Rollins scored all four of the Scots' touchdowns in their 26-6 win over LaGrange. Um, 13 carries for 38 yards and three scores, 19 of 32 in the air for 237 yards and another touchdown. In the process, went over the 2,000-yard mark for passing and extended his career yardage number to 45.95, extending his program career record for yardage. Um, defensively, Carson Newman, sophomore linebacker Mikai Brown, three sacks, six total tackles, four of those for loss in a 21-17 loss to Mars Hill. Men's soccer, Maribel goalie McCall, Michael, I guess, Michael, M-Y-K-A-L, Michael. Sounds like Michael. Michael Manfred had a pair of shutouts as Maribel went 1-0-1 in the two, well, in those two matches, he had 17 saves, including 11 and a 2-0 win over Birmingham Southern and um, Mirable also played to a scoreless draw against Huntington. On the women's side, King goalie Crystal Garcia had 18 saves in two matches, 10 in a 3-2 win over North Greenville, and 8 in a one nothing loss at Lees McRae. And in volleyball, King outside hitter Haley Blankenship had a pair of double-doubles her ninth and tenth of the season, averaging 5.13 kills and 4.13 digs in a 3 nothing win over Belmont Abbey and in a 3-2 loss at Converse. So, 
Bryson Rollins and Makai Brown are your offensive and defensive players of the week on the gridiron from Maribel and Carson Newman. Uh, Maribel goalie, Michael Manfred, and King goalie, Crystal Garcia, are your men's and women's soccer players of the week from Maribel and from King. And King's Haley Blankenship is your volleyball player of the week as named by the Tennessee Sports Writers Association. It's an East Tennessee week, apparently, for the TSWA, and congratulations to all of the honorees. There. The top story that we actually want to talk about, Jim Ursay, has publicly said that the National Football League on their call Monday basically told he and others that they kicked the calls against the Colts on Sunday that eventually led to the Browns winning. And because of that, he is calling for a change in the rules that would allow any call under two minutes to be reviewed, including penalties. I don't necessarily disagree with Jim Irsay here. What I find most interesting about this is that Jim Irsay did not protect the shield because teams are supposed to be prohibited from mentioning things like this that are talked about in those Monday meetings. Jim said, you screwed me, I screw you. Well, and it'll be interesting to see what the long-term fallout is from that approach, if any. Basically, uh, reading from CBSSports.com, basically it sounds like Ursa could be in some hot water for taking his complaints public. As for his proposed rule change, it definitely seems like a long shot. The last time the NFL reacted to a controversial penalty by changing the rule book came in 2019 when the league decided to make pass interference reviewable after the P.I. no call that the Rams got away with against the Saints in the 2018 title game, NFC title game. Bless you. And not one pass interference has been reviewed since. Not nary one. Well, dear, apparently that rule did not stay on the books very long because this goes on to say, during its one season of existence, the rule that made interference reviewable was so bad that Troy Vincent, the NFL's vice president of football operations, admitted that the league failed miserably by even implementing it. You can't rush and just shove something in there without knowing all the consequences. Vincent said in 2020, in May 2020, we found what out. What consequences? That we got the call right on the field and the guys on the field look like dummies? Is that the consequence? This is ridiculous. Because Jim Irsay's right. They should have been able to review the calls because the fact is that it cost them the game because they couldn't get the call right on the field. And if you can't get the call right on the field and the booth can get it right, they should get it right. And if you're too big of a jack to be scared that your ego is going to take a hit by not 
changing a call on the field, then get out of officiating. Done with it. I'm done with people with egos being officials who can't take the fact that sometimes you get it wrong. It does happen to every single official, whether you're in five-year-old t-ball or you're in Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, NHL, NBA, NFL, does not matter. You're going to kick a call. And if replay can get it right, then sit down, shut up, take your L, and go on and get the next one right. That's all I got to say about that. Okay. I have to say that I'm not familiar with the call that's in question. I'm not seeing it. I don't know. Um, Strips that. They stripped P.J. Walker, come up with the football, and an illegal uh, contact downfield. Away from the play. Allegedly (laughs) illegal contact downfield gives them a first down. On the very next play, P.J. Walker throws the ball into the fifth row of the end zone and they call pass interference. It wasn't really that far out, but the ball was uncatchable. And if that's the case, then the flag shouldn't have Then there's no pass interference. They put the ball at the one. Four plays later, Kareem Hunt finally scores. Browns win. <laughs> the, two, the two calls obviously played a huge part in why the, the Colts lost, according to this article on CBSSports.com. Here's here's the point. I'm not. This is the pass interference. He was going to catch that. (laughs) Okay. If you say so. Of course, bad calls happen all the time in the NFL. You just don't usually hear an owner complain about them. And there's actually a reason for that. The NFL has a chat with each team each week about various calls that were made in the previous game, and those conversations are supposed to stay confidential, according to NFL media. Well, good for Jim Irsay. And when have you heard that? Hey, blind squirrels nuts and all. Mm, Well, I'm just saying it. Get it right get should it right. should occupy a higher level of priority than it apparently does. Uh, it, exactly. And maybe it's not the ego of the officials. Maybe it's... Maybe, maybe it's, it's the, the ego of the league. Maybe it's the ego of the league. Maybe it's the code of... I mean, you hear... You know, Gene Steratore on, on CBS college games and, and even pro games. I mean, he'll, he'll say sometimes that, you know, well, no, it's, they, it's, they missed out. They might've missed out. Mm-hmm. And, and that's all we're saying. I'm going to have more respect for you. If you care about getting it right. Over. You getting it wrong and saying, no, I was right. I have I have such little respect for the profession of officiating right now from top to bottom. Had this conversation with a high school coach last week. 
You go back to the Alabama-Tennessee game, which I understand there were like four penalties called post-snap. There were like four in the whole game. All four of them went against Tennessee, but there were only four. And the the post-play penalties, such as Jermaine Burton kicking the Tennessee defender off of him, the punch from the Tennessee linebacker, uh, Dallas Clark, Dallas Clark, Dallas, uh, what's his name? Turner, not Clark, mm-hmm. not, not the Colt, not the former mm-hmm. Colts tight end, uh, Dallas Turner. You know, made a tackle in the backfield after that that fair catch call, and kind of leaned on the running back and stayed there and kind of taunted a little bit. And I saw an official come up to him and and talk to him. And I actually thought that they did that really well. I thought that preventive officiating mm-hmm. in the game had was done really really well. It was you know missing blatant calls during the play that was the issue but every part of officiating right now from top to bottom again from from little league baseball to the the top of the food chain in professional sports it's just not very good and i i just don't understand what the problem is with changing a call if you get it wrong i don't get it I, i just i don't get it Ego. I mean, you said it. It's 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 my call, and how dare you disagree with my call? And I'm not going to sit say it with with nearly as much heat as you. But I mean, it's you you miss one, you miss some, you miss calls, and to act like you don't is again insulting our intelligence. A hundred percent. So, and the the best thing that you can do is to admit, maybe I did miss it, or yes, I did miss it, and I'll try to do better on the next one. And and coach, what and what I have found is that over my long history involved in sports, hearing other people talk about officials, having been an official, having been a coach, when when an official tells you, my bad, I. It should diffuse things. Yeah. I, look, Coach, I, I might have missed it. I, I feel like I, I, I called what I saw, but I may have missed it. And, you know, if I go to you, my partner, and I say, hey, did you see something I didn't see? And you say, no, I didn't see anything different. Then, you know, the call is what it is. Right. I'm not going to change it because you said it was, okay, you know, I, but I'm going to tell you. But that, I'm going to tell you that well, maybe. I mean, it. This is what I saw. This is what I called. This is what we're going with. This is what we got to go with. Yeah. You know, we'll, you know, we'll make, we'll, 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 we'll try, do better next time. We'll try to be better next time. We'll do, you know, but if I come to you and I say, did you see something? And you say, yeah, the ball hit his foot and rolled down the first base line. Well, then it's a foul, foul ball. ball. No. We're putting people back on base. Where do they go? It's not hard. Remember, uh, what's up? Stanley Cup Finals. Or I don't know if it was the finals, but it was with the Predators, and they the Predators scored a goal, but because the ref called the play dead right before the goals got scored, they had to call it back. Do you remember that? I don't remember, but uh, I don't doubt yes, it. Yes, and, mm-hmm. and that's an unfortunate situation that you kind of 
have to go with. Well, you know, they, they owned up to it, like you said. Yeah, they yeah, but, no, but I mean, well, it have, it's happened. I mean, the, the fake spike with Peyton Manning one time, mm-hmm. you know, he fake spiked and they blew the whistle. They blew the whistle. He throws a touchdown pass and, and you know, inadvertent whistle has to be, you can't, you can't allow the results of the play to take place with an, because you don't know who stopped and how they stopped or why they stopped. They, you just kind of have to go with it. And that's a, that, that is unfortunate, but yeah, I mean, and inadvertent whistle, you kind of have to own up to. There's no, there's no getting around that. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, let's take a break. Some Major League Baseball talk on the other side, as apparently Williamson County resident Bruce Bochy, <laughs> who knew, will be leading his Rangers into the World Series in the Fall Classic against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And we'll talk a little bit about last night's game and the, the upcoming World Series, as well as a potential class action lawsuit, antitrust suit being filed against Major League Baseball on behalf of the more than 40 minor league teams which lost their affiliations. So, yeah, should mm. be interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that as well on the other side of the break. Stick around. Main Street Sports Center presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint is back to the Lee Company studio in a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. 
You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Hey, welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Young, Mo Patton here on this wild and wacky Wednesday. And it has been kind of wild because we found out some wacky news earlier today when, when I sent you a text and asked the question, Bruce Bochy lives in, in College Grove? Well, well, I mean, there is an awfully nice golf course over there. There he is. There he is. <laughs> it, it just freaks me out whenever I hear about people who live in and around Nashville that have no obvious Connection. reason for being here. Now, as it turns out, um, thanks to a deep dive by Evan Grant of the Dallas News after Bruce Bochy was hired about a year ago, um, Bochy has a son that lives in the Nashville area, which apparently is from the Kentucky border to the Alabama border nowadays. All of that at Middle Tennessee is the Nashville area, but um, so yeah, he and he and his wife live here, and this is where he was when Texas came and recruited him to return to the dugout after a three-year layoff, and after one year at the helm of the Rangers, he's got him in the World Series for the first time since what 2011. So yeah, that's. So <laughs> he bought the home in April of 2021, according to the Nashville Post. And that just that's around the same time that uh, I think it was it was it Goskowski, Stephen. Yeah, he sold his house apparently around that time. Um, one time, not sure if he's current or not. One time Franklin assistant coach Stephen Goskowski, by yeah. the way. But uh but yeah, this this kind of blew my mind. But I mean, he and his wife paid three point four nine million dollars for the home and yeah. Well, and then there's a in the there's always a Nashville connection clearly vein to everything. Um Arizona Diamondbacks have former Brentwood Academy standout Bryce Jarvis in uniform throughout the postseason, called up in early August for his Major League debut after um, being drafted out of Duke in 2020, I believe it was. Um, according to his dad, former Nashville Sounds pitcher, among other places, Kevin Jarvis, um, Came up in early August, worked out of the bullpen, was on the 26-man roster for the wild card round against Milwaukee, um, came off against the Dodgers, and was not re-added for the NLCS. Obviously, the World Series roster hasn't been named yet, but um, 
he expects him to be in uniform, whether he is on or not the active roster for the World Series against the Rangers. So, again, always a Nashville connection. Um, pretty big, pretty big stuff for a rookie. Yeah. Hey, and 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 you know this this win last night for the Diamondbacks was epic in so many ways. The meltdown of Phillies fans after losing, you know, I, I struggle to make too much fun because 1991 exists, you know, and the Braves have been in the situation 96 where, you know, you still two on the road and then get beat at home to lose the world series or, yeah, I mean, it, it happens, and it's unfortunate, but, I mean, if you're a Philadelphia fan, don't don't look here for sympathy because I got no. you. No. Know, um, but the meltdown was pretty pretty epic, too. And, and it was – that being said, the 84-win Diamondbacks, who were the best team in baseball until the Braves came along. Now, were they the – well, they, they were the second wild card, right? Yeah. Because the Phillies were the first, the Diamondbacks were the second, and the Marlins were the third. Correct. And Texas was the second wild card as well, or were they the third? I think they were. Were they not the first? I them thought somebody Houston, out of the East. Uh, the, the Rays were the I first? I thought so. I thought Might so. Might have been the race. But even still, I mean, the, the, the Rangers were the division leader all year long until late September, when, or, or I guess you know, early September, when the Astros began to Finally take, overtook them. Yeah, took over. And then, of course, for them to win in seven uh, was pretty, pretty impressive. I mean, a great job by the Rangers and, and the Diamondbacks to, you know, to kind of find that magic that they had early in the season. Actually, as it turned out, the Marlins and the Diamondbacks were tied at the end of the regular season, and the Diamondbacks were the sixth seed. Well, they did play the three. Right. Yeah, because as somebody pointed out, the best way to win a World Series is to beat the Brewers. Oh, yeah. Makes sense. So, so, yeah, the Diamondbacks were the number six seed and the Rays were the number five. This seed. is the second oh, year. Rangers, excuse Second year in a row, the sixth seed has made the World Series out of the National League. So, take that as you will. Take that as you will. I, um, I think it's going to be an intriguing World Series. I, I'm excited about this World Series. And for series. everybody that says nobody will watch, I will. I will. Yeah, I will be watching. Yeah. And especially since we've got a couple of national ties to it. There you go. Of course, can't lose. Got one on either side. Yeah. A coalition among state AGs is teaming up 18 attorney generals nationwide urged the Supreme Court to hear a challenge of MLB's broad antitrust exemption in an amicus brief filed on Monday. 
comes as part of a legal challenge by the Tri-City Valley Cats and the Norwich Sea Unicorns, two of the 40 minor league clubs that lost their MLB affiliations in 2020 that seek to curtail MLB's antitrust exemption. In a petition to the nation's highest court last month, teams argued MLB's antitrust protection, quote, has metastasized into a sweeping immunity that permits MLB to engage in brazenly anti-competitive behavior. It's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Letitia James, the New York Attorney General, said baseball may be America's pastime, but it's also have to play by America's laws that govern monopolies. Minor league clubs oh, are part go. of the fabric of hundreds of communities throughout the nation that don't have nearby access to a Major League ball, Baseball stadium. By calling these clubs out of the system, Major League Baseball is punishing the fans and local communities. Well, let me tell you, that is the uh, on the list of things that are of a concern to Rob Manfred and Major League Baseball. Fans and local communities are at the bottom of said list. They're not on the list. If they're on the list at all, they're, they're at the bottom. They is the last thing on their mind. Well, and maybe that's why <laughs> Judge James is going to have a conversation with the powers that be in Major League Baseball to remind them that it should be not just on the list, but higher. Well, and, and, and you know, the NFL has a limited antitrust exemption, and a lot of that is because of the USFL lawsuit that was brought in the late 80s um, that obviously bankrupted the league, but still did earn some changes in the way that the NFL was viewed by the by the courts. And so MLB has never had to have never had to deal with that. Um, Senators Mike Lee, Marco Rubio, Paul Tonko and Joe Courtney submitted their own briefs as well. Uh, Lee and Rubio, Republicans out of Utah and Florida, Tonko and Courtney, Democrats out of New York and Connecticut. So yeah, also AGs from Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Montana, New Jersey, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, are on Tennessee, Vermont, Virginia, West Virginia, and DC were all part of the coalition behind the Monday brief. Interesting. Tennessee did lose one, the Jackson Wells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I, look, I feel for those those fans. I really do. I feel for for the Jackson community. I feel for the Jackson community because they've got that facility down there, and they're trying to figure what to do with. Now it. what? Well, and all of these all of these places are trying to figure out what to do. An independent ball just isn't. It, it doesn't make enough money. Minor league baseball is not a money-making venture, not without paying your players next to nothing. You just can't do it. And so it's really hard, you know, without the backing of Major League Baseball to to make it work. Right. And therein lies the problem. Anyway, we need to take a Another break. Heather Williams is on the line. We will talk to her in just a moment about some NASCAR and a little event coming up here in just a little while, about a month from now. So stick around. Main Street Sports Station presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. We'll be back to the Lee Company studio in a moment.
Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho-quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back into Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. I don't know. Can you hear me? Okay. I can't hear me. I guess because I turned myself down. There we go. What's up? You all right over there? I'm good. I'm good. I just I had turned I turned the volume down, turned yours up, turned mine down for whatever reason, and I couldn't hear. But we're back. Talk a little NASCAR as Heather Williams joins us from WCYB-TV in Bristol. Heather. How are you? I'm good. I'm making my way back from Gate City, Virginia, home of uh, 2023 Slam Dunk con Contest winner uh, Mac McClung, but working on the story on another oh. student athlete from Gate City. How are you? Hello? Hey, hey, I can hear you now. I could not okay. hear you. My, oh. my. One earpiece was not working, which tells me that these are not, in fact, mine. Huh, anyway. that's interesting. Anyway, if you were talking to me, Heather, I did not hear you. I apologize. She was in Gate City, uh, not interviewing Mac McClung. Oh, well, that's unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mac's not doing anything right now because he just got released from the, from the uh, magic over the weekend. But I was actually yeah. talking to a young lady that set the... Uh, the state kill record for volleyball for the state of Virginia last night. So. Ooh, they can jump in Gate record. City. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, they apparently so. We're going to have to change the name to Hop City. City. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Um, <laughs> and Heather, um, speaking of high school standouts, 
we were we were discussing the World Series matchup between the Rangers and the Diamondbacks and how there's always a Nashville connection. Well, apparently there's an Upper East Tennessee connection to the Paul Classic as well, as you reminded me last night. Um, yeah, certainly uh, a lot of Rangers um, fans up that way. Uh, yes, uh, as of about a month ago, Evan Carter, who was drafted by them in 2020, surprised a lot of people going in the second round. He wasn't even listed in uh, in uh, the baseball uh, top 500 in that draft, and he went in the second round. And now here he is. He has reached base in every postseason game for the Rangers this year. He's only been up for about a month, and yeah, just just crushing it for them in the postseason. It's been fun to watch. Literally at times. Yes. Literally crushing it. Yeah, um, and it's it's. I mean, that's got to be so fun to see. And like you said, just drafted in 2020. So he has um, made an impact quickly. Yeah, I kind of giggled last night when I was watching them, you know, pour the beer and the champagne on on each other because he turned 21 just like a few days ago. So he's just barely <laughs> old enough to even take part in that. But Legally. Yeah, uh, I feel like he would have been partaking. I, I feel like he probably would have been as well. Yeah, but that's... um. That's pretty exciting. Something to keep an eye on as this um, World Series gets going against Arizona. Yeah, um, and and he's a kid that you know he was a much better pitcher than a than a hitter in high school. He didn't have any kind of a senior season because of COVID. So um, to see how they've been able, first of all, to see in him what he's become, but then develop that has just been incredible. Heather, turning to NASCAR, turning. Turning, turning left to NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR Champions Week has been set, and it's coming back to Nashville. Uh, no surprise there. Um, the the Champions Week will kick off on what the twenty fifth. It appears, or I'm sorry, is it the twenty the twenty ninth? Yeah, the banquet is the 30th. And they'll have a little parade. They'll have the NASCAR house, which will be taking place at 5th and Broadway right here in Nashville. And the, the, the car parade will take place during our show, which is why we're trying to find a way to get down there to to, to do the show from there, because that would be cool. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, Nashville is, like, once again, NASCAR's in love with us. For sure. I think the biggest thing was, I don't think it was ever a doubt that the banquet would come back to Nashville if they had a banquet. There was some discussion that they might not, they might stop doing the traditional banquet um, and just do a celebration right after the championship in Phoenix because I think a lot of the drivers and teams with the shrinking offseason were uh, pushing to maybe just get on with their offseason. But I'm excited that it's coming back. I think it's a great event. I think it's the perfect way to celebrate everybody in the season that they had uh, in the sports. And I think Nashville's the, the perfect place to do it, in my opinion. Well, they, they agree with you, clearly, <laughs> <laughs> because it keeps coming back. And, you know, it just it just goes to show that Nashville is a place that NASCAR wants to be. And if there's any way that you know, that Speedway and and the city can come to a deal, downtown Nashville will have a some sort of 
NASCAR event at the fairgrounds as we're going to be talking to someone about the All-American 400 later. It's it's going to happen. It's just a matter of getting that deal done and getting the, the track built, right? Yeah, it, 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 it's just a matter of getting the uh, the renovation needed to, at the track to host a Cup Series event with the amenities and things that are needed in this day and age. Um, I have a lot of opinions on this. I'll probably just keep them to myself. But, uh, yeah, I think it's just a matter of, of when, not if. Well, if it's a matter of when, it's you certainly have more confidence in in SMI than than I do when it comes to the Nashville city government and metro city government. So we'll just go with that. Uh, <laughs> I, I just I, it's going to be really difficult. We'll see what happens. It is going to be it is going to be difficult. That's why I don't I don't I've always said that I didn't believe that this was going to be a two or three or even five year plan. I, I really honestly believed, especially when they went ahead and and resurrected the uh the super speedway um that they they want to be in that market that told me that they didn't think it was going to be a a quick fix or or a quick uh deal uh it's going to take some time it's going to take some convincing it's going to take probably changing of their plans changing of the city's plans but i do think it'll i think it will eventually happen but i think that there was a lot of um unrealistic expectations to think that this was even a five-year plan at any point okay let's talk about this year sure. obviously a a win this weekend that nobody saw coming because you didn't see it in person right as your or, or the driver who counts you <laughs> as his lucky charm somehow gets a win without you in attendance and not sure how that happened yeah it's only the second time in his cup career he's won and i've not been there so i mean <laughs> sounds like I, he needs to put you on the payroll i, I, I told him that multiple times like, yeah, i haven't quite been able to convince him to do it yet it's actually become this running joke with us it's pretty funny i saw him at uh playoff media day and he's like are you coming to Darlington? No. Are you coming to this? I was like, I'll be at all three cutoff races. And he's like, I'm going to the championship four. Mm. Um, <laughs> but he did that without even needing me to be there. And the thing about Christopher Bell that's so impressive is how low key he is in his success. Like he started the season as the hottest guy in the garage area and he, he cooled off a little bit in the summer, but he's still been pretty consistent and yet nobody was talking about him in the championship four. Um, but right now, he's probably running the best of, of the four Joe Gibbs cars uh, in the playoffs for sure because he's in the championship four. He's had a ton of pole positions. Um, he won three straight to start the playoffs. Uh, that 20 car is maybe the dark horse nobody saw coming that is a real contender next weekend in Phoenix. Yeah. The, this, the next two races, obviously with Phoenix is, is what it is. And, and Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell will be there running for a championship. The other drivers vying for that. William Byron is in a pretty good spot 
Ryan Blaney a little less so, but the Toyotas, after we talked about, you know, how dominant they could be, Christopher Bell gets a win. Everybody else struggling. Well, definitely the two Joe Gibbs Toyotas struggled. Tyler Reddick and Bubba Wallace actually ran pretty well. Yeah. Um, you know, and Tyler made up some of that deficit that he had as far as getting into the final four. The good news for Truex and, and Hamlin specifically, uh, as opposed to maybe a Ryan Blaney, is that they are both very good at Martinsville and Blaney not so much. I mean, Blaney's okay at Martinsville. He's a good short track racer, but Martinsville's probably not his best short track. Uh, Denny Hamlin's probably the most successful guy in the garage area right now at Martinsville, and uh, and William Byron won Martinsville recently. I don't remember if it was this spring or last spring. I think it was, I think it was this spring that he won. Um, so, you know, those I look at those three guys going into Martinsville as being the guys to watch. But I will say in the next-gen era, the guys that you think are going to win rarely do. I mean, like I said, we also, Toyota's being pretty good at at uh, last week at Miami, but I don't think we saw Christopher Bell being the guy. So you never know, but, you know, it certainly sets up very nicely for those the two Toyotas and, and William Byron this week. It does. I'm curious, you know... Obviously, you got you, you you pretty much got to win to get in if you're not Tyler Reddick. Um, Truex and Hamlin are pretty pretty far out, and you know, I mean, so what I don't know that Truex and Hamlin have to win necessarily because of stage points, right? They're only 17 points out. You can get 20 stage points without winning yeah. the race. So um, I think that. Um, Who's the last place car? I forget now. Busher. Busher. Busher has to win. Um, but I think I think the other guys cannot win and still get in, depending on you know how many stage points they get well, and what the others around them do. And they'll need they may need a little help from Blaney. Right. Who who as I mentioned is not that great at Martinsville. He's okay. He can certainly rip off a run because he is a good short track racer, but not necessarily at Martinsville. So. How much does that change? Maybe stage two. You know, just as far as the the strategy goes, I think it'll change all the strat all all the stages strategy wise, and I think it'll change the aggression level at the end of the stages, right? Where um, I think that you'll specifically see uh, Hamlin and and Martin, and maybe to an extent Blaney, uh, really staying out there at the end of the stage where other people might pit for track position. I think that they will race a little bit harder at the end of a stage uh, to pick up a, an extra point or an extra position where other people may not do that necessarily uh, because they need them. Every point could be the difference between making it and not. Uh, Denny Hamlin last year, you know, when Ross made his Hail Melon, I think that put Denny out by five points, something mm -hmm. like that. So every single solitary position is a point so it all matters well and and that's one of the things about martinsville that makes it so special is that it it really is one of those places where you know because it's a short track because of this car you know you can pick up three or four spots and you know with with one one move really 
Yeah, if you have a good handling car in Martinsville, that's everything because it is so difficult to pass in this car and speed is so much less of an issue, obviously, at Martinsville. If your car will handle, run the top, run the bottom, and you're able to just weave through in, in and out of traffic and pass cars, that's everything at Martinsville. So, yeah, that's what makes it fun. Uh, I wish they would get the uh, make it a little bit easier to pass at the short tracks because passing is so important. But we're stuck with we're stuck with what we are what we have for now. So I mean, I would see a lot of chrome horns being used this weekend. I was gonna say, I mean, you, you know, typically you see the you know the bump and move a lot, but I mean, when you're talking about a spot in the top four and there are only two spots left, I mean, if you see 19 and 11 near the 24 and the 12. <laughs> Pay attention. If you see the 11 and the 12 next to each other, you're really <laughs> going to want to pay attention because I think Brian Blaney is still mad at Denny Hamlin, and he finished way better than Denny because Denny had that breaking last week. But, yeah. Well, if you had to, if, if you had to say who was, you know, who was most likely of the of Byron and Blaney to, to be out, which of those two is most likely to be out? Is it Blaney because he's just okay at short tracks? Blaney because of where he is in the points and because he's just okay at short tracks. Um, I would say that, you know, it's going to come down to the 12, the 11, and the 19, and maybe, maybe uh, the 45. Uh, Martin Hill's not a, I mean, not a it, great track. This is, this is kind of the this is the kind of race where you know experience that Hamlin and Truex and Blaney have really helps. Well, and Hamlin is extremely confident at Martinsville. You know, Hamlin was comfortably in last year, and it, it wasn't even going to be that close if. Ross Chastain yeah. doesn't pass 20 cars on the right of the wall last year, right? He, th this is a place where he knows what he needs to do and he feels confident that he can do it. And so if you, if you made me pick which two teams, which two teams are going to be in after Martinsville, I would absolutely pick the 24 and the 11. All right. There you have it. We'll see exactly how right you are. <laughs> oh, I won't be right. I'm never what, right. at these. What days. do, what do Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson do? At a place like Martinsville. Well, Christopher Bell, you know, what got the walk-off last year at Martinsville. So he's very good there. And Kyle Larson, actually, you know what? It was Kyle Larson that won in the spring. Uh, mm -hmm. Now that I remember, William Byron won last spring at Martinsville, but Kyle Larson won this spring. So you're talking about the last two winners at Martinsville. They very easily can win. I think both of those teams are more focused on Phoenix. But it's not like this is a handling tr – I mean, this is like a horsepower track or a track that takes a lot of prep. You know, it's a getting your up on your elbows and muscle your car through the field kind of track. So I wouldn't be surprised if either one of those guys came in and, and ran at the front and had a chance to win. They're certainly capable of it. That's what I think, too. This is, they, they kind of throw a wrench into all of it for, for these other guys still trying to get in. <laughs> it should be interesting. Looking forward to it, Heather. As always, we appreciate it. And we will catch up with you next week. Sounds good, guys. 
All right. We are going to take a break and I am going to invite Terry to join the broadcast. <laughs> Did not do that earlier. So we'll get Terry McCormick in for a Titans update here in just a moment. So stick around. Main Street Sports today presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joint is back after this. Since 1975, Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint Clinic has treated the orthopedic needs of Middle Tennessee residents. The trained physicians provide surgical options and minimally invasive options to treat all orthopedic needs. The walk-in clinic, OrthoQuick, helps you bypass the ER while treating sports injuries and acute needs Monday through Saturday. Visit MTBJ online at mtbj.net or on social media at Mid-Tennessee Bone Joint Clinic. Time now for your top of the hour Titans report with Terry McCormick, powered by Zen Sports. Terry, how are you? Doing great, guys. It is your Zen Sports Titans report. Zen Sports is changing the bonus game for the better. Guys, uh, Mike Brabel took a little bit of issue with the report that Will Levis was going to be his starting quarterback on Sunday. He's uh, still playing the game of, well, we're holding out hope for Ryan Tannehill or both. Levis and Malik Willis are going to play, but uh, it certainly seems to be trending in the direction that Will Levis is going to be your guy Sunday. Why do coaches take exception with that kind of thing in the middle of the week? Why does it matter? Well, I guess because it could be perceived as a competitive advantage, making them have to prepare for all three guys but in, in essence you're not preparing for that you're preparing for the titans offense and what they do you're preparing for their running game their play action you know and things that they do uh, is there some sort of advantage maybe to you know not revealing that will levis is is going to start on sunday maybe but it's very nominal because you know the falcons are preparing they boned up on the tape that's out there on Will Levis from the preseason from Kentucky and kind of married that to what the Titans do. They're going to have an idea what to expect. Yeah, they are. And and so, you know, this whatever issue that Mike Vrabel has and, you know, to that point, there are some media folks out there who are taking exception to national guys getting some some information but hmm. you know it's the nfl and when you're talking when you are the head coach the general manager or someone covering a national football league team you gotta you gotta keep your emotions out of this don't you i mean you're a guy you've been you've been in every press conference since they've been here terry <laughs> 
I mean, this is a, this is a place where emotion really doesn't make sense. Just ask the question, answer the question, let's get our answers and move on. Yeah, you know, but, you know, everybody's human, so I guess that, you know, things like that got the better of it. Uh, you know, the thing of it is with me in terms of, you know, where this goes, you know, I think that with the whole situation, you know, it's obvious that the Titans need to rebuild. They need to look at what they have and what they're going to need going down the line. The Kevin Byard trade was the first step toward admitting that there are problems here that need to be addressed and they're not enough. There's, there's not enough uh, tape to patch all the holes. So I think you owe it to this organization to see what you have in Will Levis and to see what he can do in a competitive environment against a decent team, you know, at home. So it's going to be, it's going to set up for him to be at his best because, you know, yes, he doesn't have any experience, but he's going to be at home. He's going to be in front of, you know, nearly 70,000 people who are on his side. It's not going to be a hostile environment like having to go on the road. And it's going to be in a, you know, and they're going to put together whatever the offense is going to be tailored toward him and his skill set. It's not going to be tailored for Ryan Tannehill. It's not going to be tailored, you know, Malik Brable says that Malik Willis is going to play, but Malik Willis will probably have his, the own, his own set of plays that he gets to run. Uh, if indeed that is the case, but this is going to be, they're going to try to put Levis in as good a spot as they can in order to allow him to maximize what he can do in his first start. Terry is, is the, the tension that we're seeing out of some people. Is that just them kind of struggling to come to grips with where, this franchise and where this roster is at this moment? It could be. I mean, that could be some of it. I mean, you don't just trade off one of your best defensive players and a locker room leader and there not be frustration and repercussions that come from it. You know, I mean, when when you send a guy like Kevin Byard packing and he goes, you know, out, out of your locker room, that's a big void to fill. And – you know, they're going to have to rally the troops to make up for not only what Byard did on the field, but for what he did inside that locker room. He was a go-to guy. Uh, he was a guy that, uh, you know, was, had been a team captain for many years. So I'm sure that given the Byard trade, given the Tannehill injury, given a 2-4 and four record, and all the frustrations that are coming along, the fact that this offense – has not been able to take a step forward. The defense, which you had hoped would dominate and carry the offense, hasn't been able to do so. So there's a lot to unpack in all of what has gone wrong for the Titans, and it's kind of festered and then culminated with this week right here. Well, it's it, it's starting to get to a point, however, that Moe's old adage of you can lose games and you can be a jerk, but you can't do both is starting to come to a head. And <laughs> if, and if, and if Mike Vrabel doesn't watch out, folks are going to start turning 
And that's unfortunate because well, I think he's a great football coach. I think, he, I think he fits this franchise really well. But I also think he's got to realize that he's 2-11, and 11, and if there's anybody that ought to be frustrated, it's, it's fans. And he's going to have to understand that frustration is going to come be a part of it. Oh, no doubt. I mean, you know, and, and this is the other thing, and I'll, I'll add to what you said. There's, there's no doubt that what you said is absolutely correct. But the other part of that that I would add to it is this. You know, you can come out and you can level with the fans with this Kevin Byard trade, with some of the things, and you can say, okay, the rebuild is on. We're going we're gonna to burn it to the ground. We're going to see what we got. Be patient with us. It's going to take a year or two, but we'll, we'll get things back together. But when you, you know, are still trying to go through all the things that you say, you know, and you're trying, you know, everybody's trying to do their, and I get everybody's trying to do their best. Nobody wants this, you know, nobody that's inside that locker room wants to go four and 13. But there is they gave they gave the illusion this offseason that they were they were filling the holes and that this team was going to be a contender. And I think the fact that this team is not a contender is starting to uh, create some frustrations and some tension. That's Here's the thing, Terry. Here's the thing. Even if you decide, okay, we're gonna burn it down we're going to build it back up or we're going to go through a competitive rebuild like the tenants at Bridgestone Arena. How, you don't get to dictate how long the, the rebuild is. That's true. That is true. You know, and, and, you know, they've gone through this before and, and, and especially I'll, I'll say this, you're, you're exactly right because there've been times that the Titans have been bad and they've had high draft picks. But sometimes you pick a bad year to be bad. They pick the bad year to be. They they pick the bad year to be bad when they were choosing between Vince Young and Matt Leinart. They pick the bad year to be bad when they were choosing between Jake Locker and Blaine Gabbert. They pick the bad year to be bad when they were choosing between Marcus Mariota and Jameis Winston. There was no Andrew Luck in any of those drafts. There was no Patrick Mahomes in any of those drafts. It, sometimes you're right. The rebuild process, you don't get to dictate the terms of it always. And, and you don't get to dictate how long it takes to get back up or which picks are going to hit for you. And, and, and they certainly picked a bad year to be bad when they took the offensive lineman out of Georgia. Yes. <laughs> so, Although they're actually good that year because they picked 29. But, but I get yeah. your point. Yeah. Um, Terry, tell us about Zen Sports. All right, gladly. Zen Sports is the new sports book in Tennessee that is revolutionizing the way you earn sports betting rewards. With Zen Sports, your rewards are cash rewards. You bet with real money, and now you're rewarded with it too. Earn a whopping 5% cash back welcome bonus for your first 15 days when you sign up with code MAINSTREET, M-A-I-N-S-T. Keep betting and keep earning every month. After that, up to 3% cash back rewards on your betting volume. And best of all, you can earn cash commission on your referral bets with the Zen Sports Referral Rewards Program. Zen Sports, betting just got better. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply. You must be 21 and older and in Tennessee to bet.
smiles. These are the healthy smiles of real Delta Dental members. Folks with access to the nation's largest network of dentists and low deductible plans with 100% preventive care coverage, all backed by over 65 years of expertise. Go online or give us a call to learn about affordable individual plans that meet your needs. 1-855-844-0445. It's the biggest racing show of the year, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th at Nashville Fairground Speedway. Six fast-paced divisions of racing on the quarter mile Friday night. Pole qualifying in three big feature events Saturday night. And the Curb Records Big Machine Vodka Spike Cooler, Soul American 400 on Sunday afternoon. Racing starts at 6.30 Friday, 5 o'clock Saturday, and 1 o'clock Sunday. Tickets available at NationalFairgroundSpeedway.racing or at the gate on race day. It's the 39th All-American 400 weekend, Friday through Sunday, November 3rd through 5th. Get your tickets now. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton here, and we are excited about this next segment as the All-American 400 is coming your way again as you just saw the commercial there. Nashville Fairgrounds All-American 400 is super, super exciting. One of the biggest events in uh, Nashville each and every year. So we are looking for it, uh, looking forward to it for sure. It will take place on Saturday, November 4th. And we are pumped to be joined to talk a little bit about it by local racing newcomer, Jackson Boone, the youngster out of Williamson County and I guess technically by zip code Franklin, but not really. Not really. Page graduate. Jackson, welcome in, man. Ah, thank you guys for having me. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah, we, we can hear you, Jackson. Appreciate sure. you taking some time with us. So um, as a Franklin native, where in Franklin hmm. are, are you from? Uh, and, and literally right down the road from Page High School. Like I could I could take a bike if I wanted to. Yep. Okay. Going away from ninety six. Uh yes, going away for or like I guess if you're leaving um if you're leaving the school itself, mm -hmm. um going towards kind of the uh I guess highway ninety six exit off of sixty five. Um, but, uh, you know, if you took a ride out of the school, you'd be going away from my house, which okay. would be towards like okay. 840. Okay. So you're, you're between 96 and the school on Arno. Yep. Okay. I got you. I've been out that road more times than I can count. But yeah. Um, you're originally from here? Uh, yeah. Born and raised. Uh, I was kind of born in, uh, Nolensville slash Antioch area. Um, but uh, pretty much lived in Franklin, you know, majority of my life. Okay. So all of your formative racing years then basically have been at the fair. This is correct. Yep. Um, I've been racing. Uh, well, I started racing quarter midgets when I was really little at, uh, well, I say really little, but uh, seven or eight, um, which is, you know, very, you know, I guess small age to drive a race car in Nashville. Um, and, uh, basically in, uh, uh, Hermitage when I started racing and, uh, then, uh, basically 
moved up to stock cars when I was uh, 15 and started racing at Highland Rim and then the fairgrounds to pretty much follow. You know, we, we don't we don't do a lot of racing on here. We talk NASCAR every Wednesday with our friend Heather Williams out of Bristol. And, you know, obviously the fairgrounds has a rich history. You know, what is it like for you to, to race on the same asphalt as Daryl Waltrip and Sterling Marlin and, and, you know, the greatest drivers of all time have, have raced right here? Uh, it's definitely, it's like hard to, uh, to put into perspective. And I, I get asked that question a lot and, uh, I always tell people, I, I don't know how to answer that question because, um, I don't really think it's ever really sunk in with me because I'm so involved in everything. And, you know, you, you get out there and you start making laps and you're competing with everyone. And it's hard to like, you know, kind of reel back and, and realize like, um, you know, through, through these walls were, you know, some of, uh, NASCAR's greatest moments and, uh, NASCAR's greatest drivers, um, for sure. But, um, you know, it's, it's hard to like grasp that because I think it's such a significant thing that, um, you know, I, I wish I was around for, you know, kind of, I guess that era of racing. Um, but it's, it's just crazy to think about. And, uh, it's a real honor. It's an honor to be on the same racetrack that they were and, um, it's an honor to be a part of something that's, you know, so significant in Nashville. Page graduate Jackson Boone joining us here on Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint, um, leading up to the All-American 400. Um, Jackson, the 2019 Nashville Fairgrounds Pro Late Model Champion, um, the success that you've had at the fairgrounds, Jackson, over a short period of time, you know, what, where does that put you on a mindset, I guess, heading into this weekend? Uh, you know, it can be something that adds pressure for sure. Um, and, you know, when, when you're being a part of a very high intensity sport, you know, such as racing or, you know, basketball, football, baseball, anything like that. Um, you know, when you start moving up like this and you're racing against the best of the best and you're competing against the best of the best, you know, stuff like that adds, adds a little bit of pressure because, you know, um, it's, it's kind of a home turf kind of thing. And um, there's a lot of expectations and standards that are held, um, you know, over me and over my team and, um, you know, kind of over the whole season. But, you know, it's uh, obviously we just approach it just like any other athlete would approach any other game. You know, just one race at a time. Uh, we focus on one thing at a time and uh, really just try to focus on uh, execution and doing our jobs because racing is so, you know, uh, unpredictable. A lot of stuff can go wrong in racing. So, you know, we, we always say if we can leave the track and uh, look back and say that we've done our jobs and um, you know, that's all, that's all that we can do at the end of the day. So I think focusing on that for the 400 and, uh, you know, just focusing on doing our jobs and a little bit extra, uh, putting in a little extra work and, uh, kind of going the extra, uh, two miles instead of the extra mile, um, will make, make a huge difference. Well, a difference will be needed because you do go into this race as the points leader. And you and Dylan Fecho have been just going at each other for a while now. It seems like you guys are, are always the, the talk of the track. 
And so obviously you got the win in the last race. That's huge. And, and you go into this one, like I said, with, you know, with, um, with the points lead. So what kind of pressure does that put on you to, to perform in the biggest race of the year and the season finale? Uh, I mean, like I said, you know, it's, it's definitely a, a decent amount of pressure and um, I'm laughing cause it's, it's so, it's just ironic. Um, me and Dylan have been uh, really uh, nipping at each other's heels since we were, God bless, probably seven or eight years old um, racing quarter midges. He grew up doing the same thing I did went up and did all the same, you know, really went through the same motions that I did kind of going through his racing career. So, um, you know, it, it feels kind of, uh, kind of like it's, you know, somewhat of a throwback to, uh, to be, you know, fighting against him. Um, and actually I was fighting against him in the, uh, 2019 championship too. So, uh, me and him have had our, our fair share of battles and I'm looking forward to it cause he's a great racer. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of my team cause, uh, we were golly, we were like 40 something points behind starting out the year. Cause we, uh, we broke apart in the first race of the season and had to dig ourselves out of a huge hole in the points. So, um, to even have the points lead going into the last race is, is just a blessing in itself. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to focus on obviously racing for the championship, but, um, you know, not let it be our, our main goal and our main focus, but, you know, uh, we want to show up and win the race just like always. Jackson, when you've got a rival like that, a long time, long-term rival like that, you know, obviously in racing, it's not just the two of y'all on the track, but at the same time, I mean, are you are you looking for him specifically? Are you trying to figure out where he is relative to where you are? I mean, how does that rivalry play out from race to race? Oh, man. I mean, you know, I always tell people, you know, you usually don't worry about one driver or two drivers. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's, it's more so of, a, I guess, an approach that, you know, whenever he's getting close to me or I'm getting close to him, I know I'm about to have to race because uh, – he makes me earn it. And uh, if he watches this, he'll be laughing because he, he knows I'm the same way. And, uh, you know, we, we share a lot of respect, you know, between each other. And um, it's something really cool that we've been able to do, you know, the past, you know, the past few years and really, you know, through my childhood too. But, um, you know, definitely, I think you, you do race different people um, at different paces because everyone's got a different driving style. Um, but, you know, it'll be, it'll be difficult because I think, you know, if we get around each other, you know, with how close the points will be, we'll, we'll have to race each other hard. Uh, every position will count. And I know he's going to race me hard, whether he was, you know, 100 points out of the championship or, or one point out of the championship. You know, he's going to race me the same. So, and I'll do him the same way. Uh, I'm sure he's expecting it. So uh, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, we embrace the intensity and embrace the challenge. Jackson Boone here with us talking about the All-American 400. Jackson, you are part of the Kowiki Driver Development Program, and obviously you are not old enough to have seen Alan Kowiki live. <laughs> but, you know, that is a name, as you can see, the Davey Allison picture behind me. Uh, that, that was an era of racing that I really, really loved and enjoyed. And obviously, you know, Alan Kowiki, who, who died in – uh, in a light aircraft crash in, um, ni in 1993. What is it like to be involved in a program that bears his name and to be driving that seven? 
Oh man! Uh, once again, that's another thing. That's like that's hard to digest because it's it's such a really really significant role to play, and uh, it's a really significant like group to be a part of. Because there's a lot of different programs and things that you can be a part of with racing, but um, you know to have something like that that you know has uh, for one a lot of his old uh, team members involved in it. And for two, you know, it already has a crowd of people that supported him following it. Is uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a huge deal. So uh, it's something that you know I definitely don't downplay because um, you know a lot of people have their eyes on me and, and the other drivers in the program, and um, it's it's a lot of very good exposure. And uh, you know I can't thank those guys enough that have had me in the program for the second uh, consecutive year. Uh, for having me because you know it's it's difficult to get in and uh, it's a, it's difficult to be a part of but um, you know it's it's rewarding to be a part of and uh, it's something that you know I I'd go back and do over a hundred times if I could because um, I've enjoyed the heck out of it. Well, that that sounds that that is that is great to hear. You know, obviously that name bears a lot of weight in the in the world of stock car racing and and you certainly have carried on his uh his legacy very well to this point in your career and so uh looking forward to the season finale again at the nashville fairgrounds speedway on november 4th is the uh, the pro late models championship but we'll also have events on the 3rd, Friday, November 3rd, and Sunday, November 5th with the ASA Stars National Tour and their championships. So this is a huge weekend that you guys get to be a part of in, in Nashville motor racing, and it will be a blast, will it not? Oh, absolutely. I always tell people, uh, you know, come for the whole thing, uh, you know, for Friday night on the, on the quarter mile or uh, the little track, as they call it. And those guys get after it, and they are wild and crazy, and it's awesome to watch um, because those guys are are very talented racers. And um, you know, if you want to get your racing fix, come come Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And uh, you know, Saturday and Sunday are usually the the big track events. So um, you know, it's the whole weekend. My my dad's taken me since I was uh, really little, and honestly, little enough to barely remember it. But uh, he took me every year, and uh, Unfortunately, that was the biggest mistake he ever made because uh, <laughs> a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, they, they, these these hobbies cost a lot of yes. money. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Jackson, we appreciate you taking some time with this. Uh, congratulations and good luck in trying to finish out the job. And if we see Fetcho anywhere near you, we'll be sure to perk up and pay attention. <laughs> I appreciate that, guys. I'm looking forward to it. So thank you guys so much for having me on. Absolutely. Follow Jackson at JacksonBoone7 on Twitter. And get your tickets today at NashvilleFairgroundSpeedway.Racing for the Thursday night. They've got a party on at 7 o'clock on Thursday night. They're going to have a big kickoff party. And then Friday, they'll have the quarter-mile championship racing. You'll also see on Saturday uh, the Voris Compact Touring Series, the CRA Street Stocks, the ASA Stars. They'll qualify for their Sunday championship race and, of course, the Pro Late Models Championship as well. All of that at Nashville Fairgrounds. Speedway.racing. Go get your tickets today. It's going to be a crazy weekend of fun. 
We're going to take a break. When we come back, some college football, some NBA, and other stuff. So stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joints. Back in just a moment. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Custom Stone Handler supplies over 600 distributors and suppliers with quality stone products. Along with River Stone, we produce and distribute over 100 building, landscape, and other bulk products. Our goal is to provide quality products, service, and partnerships to ensure our customers' success. We firmly believe that the measure of any person or company is how they treat other people and customers. Give them a call at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Piggly Wiggly, located in Neely's Mill Shopping Center, is Columbia's locally owned and operated Cost Plus 10 grocery store dedicated to serving the community with low prices and smiling faces. Piggly Wiggly offers fresh, hand-cut meats daily as well as daily hot plate lunches from their deli counter. You're certain to see smiling faces and a helping hand when you're here at Piggly Wiggly. Come by and check out our fresh produce, high-quality meats, and more. Down home, down the street, we'll see you at the Pig. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtvj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yale, Mo Patton. On this wild and wacky Wednesday where the weirdest and wildest news from across the world will come your way here in just a little bit. But right now, we're going to talk about the association and Chris, some college football. Before we get into the association. And whatever else you have to go. <laughs> yeah, let's – Um, I gave out – we gave out some, some inaccurate information during the rundown. State soccer tournament is in Chattanooga. Oh. So, but updating from Chattanooga, Ravenwood 2, Oakland 1 final, Signal Mountain 4, Hume Falls 3. 
Is it in Chattanooga or is it in North Georgia? At that? No, it's I, not at the. Now the stadium? finals. I think the finals, finals will there. be there. Okay. Yeah, but um, <laughs> at Merrill High Three Madison Academic, nothing. Those are all finals from games that started at one thirty. Oakland time, I guess. Would have been twelve thirty here. I was wondering how they were so dead gum close to finishing 30 minutes after starting. Well, because, yeah. So now it all makes sense. Huh? It does make a little bit more sense. We, so, we can update. Yeah. Of course, no, nobody that we know is playing right now. Actually, Cascade and somebody. Cascade is the only near Middle Tennessee team is they're down oh. four nothing to Kingston in the first half. Dude, it's in Bedford County. It's as Middle Tennessee as it gets. Yeah, it's not in our area oh. necessarily. Main Street, it's it's in, it's in the expanded Main Street sports area, but uh, yeah. you know, but yeah, South Gibson leads Tennessee one nil, and Bearden and Houston are tied at. Zero. Neither of those are Middle Tennessee. No, not even. <laughs> None of those. I mean, South Gibson is, is the closest of the of those four, and it's yeah. not really close. No, so yeah. there you go. But no, I just wanted to clear that up. Um, okay. I had a um, flashback to to another point in time. Well, for some reason, I mean, I knew the championships were in Chattanooga last year, but I didn't know if that if they were playing the tournament here and and going to that mm, that that. No. No, yeah. it's all down there. The, They're playing at like satellite sites for each of the uh, different classifications, and then I think the championships like all baseball. move to that that facility there. What is it? CHI something? It's something. It's some kind of hospital. Mm -hmm. uh, so we don't cover soccer a whole lot, certainly not at the state level. So CHI Memorial Stadium, Chattanooga Health Institution Memorial. So there. 2,500 seat soccer specific stadium in East Ridge, Tennessee, which I promise you it is as North Georgia as it gets. It, it's, it's as close to Georgia as you can get without well, being the, in Georgia. You can yeah. literally throw a rock from in, the stadium into Georgia, into Georgia and no. you don't even have to have a good arm, a good arm. to do it. You just have nope. to have a hail. No, nope. underhanded. Yeah. So, anyway, again, wanted to get that on the record for those of you who were out there saying, those idiots don't even, even know, know where the soccer is. You're right. We didn't. We yeah, 100% had no idea. Yeah. So listen, we've sorry. only had one team even come close to making the state soccer tournament in the last decade. Wow. So, so yeah. <laughs> we would. We just don't know. But um, anyway, mm -hmm. the association kicked off last night. Tipped off last night. Um, first pitched last night. First touch. Whatever you want to call it. I, they, they did something. I think it's tip off. And Denver Nuggets fans got to see their team raise, raise a banner. And then they chanted, we're your daddy at the Los Angeles Lakers. And, and then went on to prove it. <laughs> what was it, 119-107? It was a 119-107 win so, for the homestanding Nuggets. Nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Tonight, the Memphis Grizzlies will tip off against the New Orleans Pelicans, and the Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies with post player Derrick Rose. I was gonna say, who is gonna jump? <laughs> I, mean, I would, I would imagine Jaron's gonna jump. Just gotta be triple past that. 
Uh, ooh, it's going to be worth watching just to see what they do about because in addition to Stephen Adams being out, as we talked about at length earlier this week, um, Santi Aldama, 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 and Aldama. Brandon Clark with the with the mm-hmm. with the ankles, but the, the Brandon, Achilles. Yeah, but Brandon Clark isn't a post player. Well, he's power forward. Oh well. Which again, it's <laughs> yeah, I think they're going five out a lot tonight. I mean, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, Aldama's got the ankle, Clark's got the Achilles, and obviously Stephen Adams has the knee ligament that 10 months after the fact there was surgery on. Talk to Pernell Knox. Okay. Columbia Academy athletic director, friend of the show, and certified athletic trainer. Um, And he said that... The PCL is a ligament that you try to avoid surgery on mm. as much as possible. So that explains their Thought non-operative process. rehabilitation approach to that since the um, January injury for Stephen Adams. You, if, if there's any way you can rehab that without having surgery, he said that's what you do because... I, I, and might be worth having him on or somebody to further explain it, but apparently it's a ligament that if you address it surgically, it's not like the ACL. It doesn't respond the same way. Uh, it's, so. so Stephen Adams may be done. Done, done. That's unfortunate mm-hmm. for him and for the Grizzlies. Um Grizzlies are not, they were the favorite until Aldama was ruled out. Now it is an even line, a pick 'em. Is it in Memphis or New Orleans? It's at FedEx. And the ESPN analytics give the Pelicans a 50.7 chance to win. A 50.7. 50.7. So it's I mean compared to a forty nine point three. This is literally a pick pick 'em. I mean it it is as pick 'em as as it gets. gets. Yeah. Wow. Fifty point seven. Jeez. Okay. Without. Yeah, well I I think I think most most people will tell you if the Grizzlies are hundred percent healthy, they are far better than the Pelicans. And probably, you know, among the top four or five teams in, in the West. The West. But they're not healthy and they don't have John Morant. Or Steven Adams. Or Santi Aldama. Or, or Brandon, Brandon Clark. Clark. <laughs> Good. Yes. I mean tune in to see who plays. <laughs> that may be the that, that's that's worth the, the watch right there is just to know who who, who, who and, is gonna play. I mean Kenneth Lofton He's going to have to play some. 275 pounds. 275 pounds, folks. Is not playing. Well, and that's what they list him at. Yeah, that's <laughs> probably closer to three bills. Yeah. Uh, you know, but outside of that, Triple J. Uh, Ice up, as Stephen Smith would, Steve Smith would say. Maybe Gigi Jackson. I, 
it, that dude's a, he's a Memphis Hustle player, but I mean at this point he may have to play. Uh, that's Xavier Tillman, six eight two forty five. Got to play. Gonna have to play. Got to play. No. Zaire Williams, six nine one eighty five. Oof. Oof. Yeah, he's. Oof. He and Wimby are gonna be. Hmm. <laughs> not great. Let's see. In in his in his last action against the Lakers, he played ten minutes and had two rebounds and assist, a foul, and five points. And got bumped hey. out of bounds how many times? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> get out of here. This is this is not great. But they're paying him four point eight million a year, so he must be doing something. He must do something. Uh, He's going to play more than 10 minutes. I got a feeling. We'll yeah. see. And look, here's the thing. I want to know how much, how much does Derrick Rose play, if any? Does Marcus, you know, Marcus Smart have to play 48 minutes? Hmm. I mean, because who else do you have at guard? This is this is a this is a roster of players who it would be a really good time to have another guard available and not have cut them last year. <laughs> Where is Kennedy Chandler? Where is Kennedy Chandler? That is a great question. But I mean uh, What happened to Kennedy Chandler? That's a great question, Google. He was waived. He signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Is he with the Brooklyn Nets? He signed five days ago. Hmm. So, I don't know, but he would certainly be an option for the Memphis Grizzlies at guard, I would assume, if he were on the team. But he is not, and therefore, he is not an option. Um, other topic of discussion that I wanted to talk about was Army. Mm. They join the American Athletic Conference as a football member next year, which leaves just three independents, Mo. Just three. Notre Dame. You'll never get the other two. One of them you might get. Is UMass an independent? Okay. That's the one I didn't think you'd get. Uh, I have no idea who the third one is. UConn. UConn's independent? Yeah. You know, they've been trying to get them into the Big 12 for a while and weren't able to do it. And Yeah. Man. UConn, UMass. And, and, and here's the thing. This is, this is why teams are, not, are no longer independent. Because not everybody can be Notre Dame and get a scheduling partnership with a major Power 5 conference. Mm. Don't get me started on Notre Dame. So, yeah. I mean... Here's what's crazy is Army and Navy could conceivably play for the conference championship in one weekend and then turn around and play a regular season game against one another the very next weekend. And, and the regular season game doesn't count in conference standings. At all. <laughs> so that's, that's crazy to me. <laughs> You're in the same conference, but when you play, it's not a conference game. Look, man, I, I don't know. There's there's a lot of logic there. There's not really much you can do about it, which is the unfortunate part. Is uh, there not? No, because you can't move it because it has TV contracts. For when? Uh, 
I want to say like 26 or something. Well, hopefully this is just temporary then. Uh, potentially. But... I mean, surely you would address this when you can address it. Wouldn't it be better if you switched the two? What's up? If you played Army Navy on conference championship weekend and then played your conference championship game the when, following when weekend. nobody else is on television. But uh that makes that's a lot part of, of the sense. Army Navy that's, game. Well, yeah, that's part of the Army Navy mystique. They Which got. is why Labor Day is the perfect day. Give me Army Navy on a Monday to start the season. Let's go. You don't have to deal with we've or said on a Sunday. We've said this a million times. You don't have to deal with the weather. You don't have to deal with all of the things you have to deal with in Annapolis and in New York, wherever West Point mm -hmm. is in New York. I don't know. I think, though, <laughs> I think the weather really is part of it. I think people will tell you, people that go to those games, that follow those teams would tell you that the elements is part of what makes Army-Navy Army-Navy. Well, I don't really know what other options you have. I don't either to make it a conference game. Yeah. This is it. That and, this is your only option. I guess it is, man. And I mean, that it just might be a battle that the AAC cannot fight or can't win if they do fight it. I don't think they necessarily want to fight it. I don't think it was ever a, I don't think it was a point of contention at any point. I really don't. And I'm not entirely sure I disagree. So mm -hmm. apparently they play the game in Foxborough. That's new. They've played it in Annapolis. They played it in Philadelphia. Um, they played it in DC. Prices on the secondary market are soaring. Foxborough. But I, I don't know that they've ever played it there before. I don't remember. Michael Silverman of the Boston Globe says that prices are topping out at 215. Price gouging has frosted the feelings of some shutout fans. Silverman writes. Uh, Gillette will host the uh, Army-Navy game in 2023 for the first time, December 9th, 23. So, so no, it has never been I played. like that, though. I mean, I, I am a fan of, of playing these games in places like that when you're Army-Navy. Because... Your Army, Navy, you, you both are nationwide fan bases. Mm -hmm. You can play this game anywhere, and you're going to have fans. Right. <laughs> so Absolutely. We can play this at, you know, in Nashville. You're going to sell it out. It's just, it is what it is. It's Army, Navy. Well, especially the way Navy has recruited this area over the past Heck yeah. 10 years or more. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm, I just feel like that's a, uh, it's a really good move, I think, for, for Army, because again, being an independent is so difficult. And and particularly Army, who has seen teams like Tennessee cancel games. And, you know, because of the way that they they play football. Mm -hmm. So you get into a conference where folks can't cancel on you. Yeah. So now the AAC has 
pirates, a green wave, a hurricane, an entire army, an entire navy, and a great big giant dragon. Don't mess with the AAC. That's what I said. Hmm. Now, what are Connecticut and UMass going to do? Well, it should be interesting. Minutemen and Huskies, by the way. Yeah. So they, they don't necessarily strike the same type fear as dragons and hurricanes. No, I mean, Minutemen, whole entire army. It worked out once for us. Well, yeah, but, but I mean, <laughs> Minutemen have muskets and yeah, yeah, single-shot muskets. Uh, they might be a little outgunned by well, the entire hey, army. You would, have, you would have thought that in 1776 as well. But I, I here figured, we are. I guess everybody was firing <laughs> muskets, though, in 1776. So. Oh, well, who's to say Minutemen wouldn't have today's? We don't know. I know a guy with a tank. So, I mean, who knows? <laughs> oh man let's take a break weird and wild news coming your way on wild and wacky wednesday here in just a moment so stick around main street sports stay presented by mid tennessee bone and joint we'll be back after this Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. With Lee Company Technology, the best handymen are hands-off. Lee Company Techs have been using visual findings and other smart technology tools for years to add transparency and virtually take customers along. You see what we see, whether we're in a crawl space or on a roof. With Lee Company, technology helps us help you, no matter what's happening in the world or at your house. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. Mockingbird Title and Escrow is an attorney-owned and operated full-service title company in Middle Tennessee. We get your deals closed without worry and fuss. We're a family business that offers the highest level of expertise in our industry when it comes to closing and funding your real estate transactions. And it's, it's a job I really love. Uh, I'm passionate about this. I'm enthusiastic about this. I like to think we're pretty well-rounded and can deal with a wide range of, of needs and a wide range of clients. Call 615-274-8698 today. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic service, and our ortho quick walk-in clinic lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, and it is Wild & Wacky Wednesday. Before we get into it real quick, though, I just mentioned Craig Council will will or has interviewed with the Mets with just six days left on his contract with the <laughs> Milwaukee Brewers, so that feels like a done deal. 
But we talked yesterday about Bob Melvin. Bob Melvin was once the catcher for the Birmingham Barons. And next year, the San Francisco Giants will play at Rickwood Field. How cool is that? That's that's pretty convenient. That's a little full circle moment Mm -hmm. right there. Yeah. How about that? Weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We start in Philadelphia. No, we're not talking about the Phillies. Hold on. Federal authorities have released more details and unsealed charges in the theft or in a theft earlier this year of a tractor trailer. The truck driver was bound for Miami when he pulled into a parking lot to sleep on April 13th. During the night, thieves made off with a portion of its cargo, $750,000. Portion? Its cargo was he carrying a 750 grand with a portion of it. Well, and what was it? Well, here's the thing. The only reason they could get a portion of it is because that weighed six tons because it was all in dimes. Where was was he sleeping in the sleeper, or where where was he? I mean, surely he was not sleeping in the truck that this took place without his knowledge. What about that is, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> hey, it ain't mine. Take it. No, uh, just don't hurt me. No, I'm not fighting for it. Detectives said that at the time of the surveillance video showed six men dressed in gray hoodies and armed with bolt cutters approached the truck in the middle of the night, broke into it, and then loaded the coins in the smaller bags into a waiting truck. Yeah. Thousands of dimes were co- converted into cash at coin machines in Maryland. Because that's smart. Like, wh- what are you doing? Leaving a paper trail. 25-year-old Raheem Savage and 31-year-old Ronald Bird and 30-year-old Hanif Palmer, along with 32-year-old Malik Palmer, face conspiracy, robbery, theft of government money. Theft of government money, like there's other money? I guess it was money that was actually in the control of the government. It was not in circulation to that point. Now it is. It's in a coin stock Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and other charges. So there you go. Two million dimes. Two million oh. dimes. No, thank you. No, thank you. You know, I'm reminded sometimes of Mitch Hedberg jokes. <laughs> I've said so many times if you get lost in the woods, build a house. I was lost and now I live here. Severely improved my predicament, he would say. Well, a man Thursday uh, was arrested by while climbing the Eiffel Tower, leading visitors to be temporarily stranded at the summit, including an Associated Press reporter and a Washington, D.C. couple. So to kill the time, what did they do? They got married. Might as well. We're here. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're at the top of the Eiffel Tower. We're not going anywhere for a while. No. Grab a Snickers or go. get married. Or, or get married. Yeah. So, Amir Khan had been planning to propose to Cat more later on Thursday in a Paris garden away from the crowds of the romantic dinner in the River uh, 
River Sign? Sign. 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 I thought it was Sign, but I was like, that's E before I and I before mm -hmm. E, I don't know. Also on the menu, but when the lifts were temporarily shut down because of the climber, strand, stranding the couple and others at the top, Kind decided to spring his surprise. And Pat Eaton, Rob, an AP journalist from Connecticut, who was also stuck up there, got their story and was able to write it. What a cool... Pat Eaton, Rob, covers... UConn women's basketball for AP, I yep. believe. So, wow. Okay. There you go. Once a writer, always a writer, right? Hey, look, you, you know what? You, you write the story that's in front of you. There you go. That's all I'm saying. Imagine, Mo, you say, say you're like Chip Walters. You're at the beach this week, having a good time, enjoying your life, having some seafood. It's all been good. Until you get home, things are fine. You get to your house, everything's good. Okay. Until you get a phone call. <laughs> you get a phone call that someone says, hey, uh, someone's over at the family property where you have a house that you've been taking care of the property. You know, nice grass, everything looks right. You know, I know you've been paying the property tax. You've been doing everything right. But Why is there an excavator here? They, they'd have tore the house down. Oh, you're joking. No, it's no, gone. dude. Here, here are some pictures. <laughs> Someone goes over there and says, hey, can I see that permit you got? Mm -mm. It's okay. I got a permit right here. Yeah. This address. 218 East 12th Street. This ain't 218, bro. This is West 12th Street. Oh. Uh, the... What had happened? Oh goodness! Yep. Oof. Oof. So now they're in the process of trying to figure out what to do. Oh, what to do? You have to rebuild my house. Here's what you you call it. We haul it. it has not contacted. Coming to tour the house. Well, and again, this is an abandoned house on their family property it's been boarded up it's been taken care of you know but mm -hmm. but they took the the family the old family house like grandma's house mm -hmm. is now gone can't just rebuild that no you can't just rebuild there will be there will be loans though no question there oh goodness the company said it's investigating and working to resolve you know yeah I don't know if that was right. Potato, potato. Potato. <laughs> but yeah, well, there you go. That's weird and wild, wild and wacky news. The weirdest and wildest news from across the world. We'll be back tomorrow on Main Street Sports Today with Coach's Corner. Featuring Ravenwood's Will Hester. Thank you. I was going to ask. And much, much more. So mm -hmm. high school football picks and all of that coming your way. So come back tomorrow at 2 o'clock on Main Street Sports Today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Barn Joint on Main Street Media TV.